Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome to In the Name of Game, the video game podcast. It's April 22nd, 2011. And uh, this is our first podcast episode for the In the Name of Game. I'm your host, Iggy, and uh, I like a lot of action RPGs and games with generally a lot of story, like Uncharted, a lot of the Bioware games, anything that's really compelling. My name is David. I'm uh, more into kind of retro gaming, platforming, uh, side-scrolling, or uh, kind of more like, or social party games like the racing Mario Kart, that kind of stuff. So yeah, like Sonic the Hedgehog, Mario games, and uh, you know some of the more uh, recent platformers as well. And I'm Colin. Um, as far as my taste in games go, I have kind of a mishmash. Uh, lately, I've been playing some shooters, some indie games here and there. But really, I do have kind of a wide range of interest in video games. My focus is on retro stuff. So, uh, explain a little bit. Uh, we're going to basically talk about games. Big surprise. And, um, you know, the industry and a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff in between, and uh, we got uh, all kinds of different people in our podcast. Colin's kind of the more rage-induced one, so he's going to be interesting to listen to. And it's just to say the least, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, David's a little more level-headed than both of us, and um, I'm going to try to keep everything together, as it were. So uh, let's Referee. start. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so actually this week has been a really good week for uh, video game uh, type discussions uh, with Portal 2 coming out and uh, Sonic, it's the Wii 2, so we're going to have a lot of topics to talk about. So, awesome. I guess you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, I digress. <laughs> Did you guys want to just jump in it then? Yeah, right. absolutely. All right. Um. Okay, so as you guys know, uh, this Tuesday, or rather Monday night, Portal 2 dropped, and uh, they had a very interesting um, ARG, what does that stand for? Alternate reality? Alternate reality game. Yeah. Uh, to hype the launch, which everybody went crazy about. Now, like, David, I'm assuming you haven't heard about this, right? Nope. Okay. So, for all nope. our listeners that probably haven't, nope. or actually probably have, um... What Valve did was a very weird potato-related portal <laughs> hyping ARG-type thing. Um, they in introduced a series of indie games on Steam uh, in this collection called the Potato Sack. And it was heavily discounted. It was like $30, I think, for, was it, like 15 games? Something? I think it was 15. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, people found that with a lot of these games, they were bizarre, like, portal-related levels and things that just happened to be in them, like for BitTrip and um, Audio Surf and some other things. And uh, through the course of, you know, playing these games, they found randomly that their Steam accounts were awarded a potato for doing certain a things. A potato? Yeah, and people were like, what the fuck is this potato for? Um, and there was this whole ARG that started, like, little hints here and there that started coming up, like, hidden portal references and certain things, and, like, Gladys and another one, like that um, they were all related to the release of Portal 2. And this culminated in, um, a, what was it, GLaDOS at home page that was on the Aperture Science. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, and so... It, it was, was like, like it was like apertureScience.com slash A slash B, so yeah, you know, 
went yeah. something like that. Yeah, and it showed a list of all those games, and this weird chart, and a potato meter, like potato with an X, like as a, a, a multiplier. So people realized, oh, there, this timer is counting down to something, but what? And as they played those potato sack games, it increased the amount on those charts for those games. So they thought, oh shit, that means if we really play the crap out of these games, they will release Portal really early. And this happened, I guess, with the middle of last week? Uh, like one, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Yeah, something like that. So people I started hearing things about it, yeah. Yeah, they really went at it. Unfortunately, uh, for the first part, because, you know, the potato multiplier, there weren't that many potatoes to multiply the speed of, of the progress. So at the beginning, it was really slow. And I remember around what, maybe Saturday night, this previous Saturday, it was about halfway through on the, that little, like, um, countdown chart. So they really only ended up getting it uh, to come out Monday night as opposed to Tuesday. But it was still, yeah. still technically... Only a couple hours. So people are freaking out and they think they're going to release it on Friday or some stupid crap like that, you know? Yeah, not even <laughs> not even close. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting. I got to say, I mean, some people may feel one way or another about the whole thing, but uh, there were really good elements about their ARG. And, I mean... Even if you don't necessarily like Valve for sticking Portal in your face, all the portals in your face, or um, anything like that, I think so that's it's the like, understatement of the century. I think right, right. But it was very positive that they hyped these indie games because people that bought the potato sack were buying these games. So it actually indirectly really supported all these indie games that maybe people hadn't bought before, and gave them a chance to you know try it out and enjoy it. Which, I, from what I've gathered, a lot of people did like the games. There's a couple maybe they weren't nuts about. But um, overall, people did feel positive about buying the, the potato sack. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I do appreciate what Valve does for, you know, smaller developers. Right. But at the same time, like, and you know, I... I, I Hmm. I'm trying to think how to word this. I really, yeah. I mean, I really do appreciate like having games besides, you know, games from just Valve or Activision or um, uh, Epic or you know, big companies like that. It's nice to see some other developers finally getting their time in the sun. But at the same time, it's like it almost seems like Valve exploits these smaller developers so that they can just sell more copies of their. I mean, Portals like was the biggest blowout of 2007, no question about it. It's already sold that not not including the PC versions, the console versions apparently have sold over four million copies. So I mean, I think it would have sold well on its own. I mean, you know, of course they should be able to do whatever they want to sell, right? Um, to sell more copies, but I mean, it just I thought it was a little underhanded, and that they kind of exploited these smaller developers but then you know i remember that the developers kind of rolled along with it too and of course they get good publicity it's nice yeah for these smaller developers to get the publicity that they need so uh let's lead into uh what explain to me what your rage about portal is because it's you've been hinting about it <laughs> i have i've been hinting uh, about it so much i need to understand I this because i i played portal 2 the single player I, I beat it and i was playing the co-op for a couple hours last night and i, I really enjoy it so <laughs> i gotta, well, I gotta off, hear this. Let, let me can you hear me yeah okay um first off let me just say that i enjoyed the first portal immensely Mm-hmm. It was one of the best games of 2007. Uh, David, did you did you play Portal One? No. Oh really? Like 
I'm the one person in the world that didn't play that game. <laughs> That's all right. There's always got to be one. Yeah, there's always got to be one. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed every game on the orange box. Most of them, most of it being TF2. But I mean, of Portal, Portal was, you know, the kind of the 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 dark horse of that collection. And I mean, yeah, it was good, and I enjoyed it. But I mean, within a week, I was sick of hearing the cake jokes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I that was that, really I overdone. Like, I bet even David's, even though you haven't played it, I'm sure. You oh yeah, it. cake is alive. It's even made it to me. <laughs> it's so bad because it's like. I wouldn't have a problem with these if, if the people who said this a lot were people that actually played the game. But most of the time, the, the 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 you know the jokes that I hear from people are just the cake ones. And my problem with it is is that there's so many other good jokes in that game, so much black humor yeah. in this game, and they get passed over because of like the one that gets shoved in your face at the end of the game. Now that's 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 part of my frustration, but I'll let you guys comment on comment on that first before I go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the writing, whoever the the writers are for Portal, like they need an award, <laughs> many 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 awards, because uh, I like the writing in Portal One, but if if you like the writing in Portal One, the stuff in Portal Two is like leaps and bounds better. I mean, overall the game I think is just a pure improvement over the first one. I mean, it's longer. Puzzles are more interesting and intricate. You get like um, Gladys making really crazy wise ass stuff, and also Wheatley, who's Stephen Merchant, who is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like every line he says is perfectly. It's just perfect. Like you can imagine somebody just neatly like pushing a a, a word here and there, and like ah, can't fix it anymore. It's it's like perfect. <laughs> it's it's just hilarious. But um, you wouldn't think that. Uh, just dialogue could make you compelled to keep playing the game because there's no story really i mean you're getting the story through the dialogue like you get jk simmons who is hilarious as uh, aperture sciences uh, ceo or creator uh, cave johnson who wait uh, jk simmons is in this game oh yeah he makes Holy it really shit. worth it yes <laughs> Oh, See, maybe man. that's changing your view on it right <laughs> well let me go back to the writing because okay. what i heard uh, two or three weeks ago, I read an article which stated from one of the writers at Valve that there wouldn't be any cake jokes and there wouldn't be a rehash of the uh, song, which was still alive. Is that what it was called? Yeah, there isn't. Yeah, yeah, there isn't, which is nice. I was happy to hear that actually. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll you know actually buy this. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, you know, what happened the night of the release did not make me happy. You know, I the, the, when I was you know. I've looked on my Facebook and somebody had posted within like 20 minutes of the game being released a screenshot of hats being included in Portal 2. Yeah, okay. That part, uh, I can understand that. That was a little... I, I did kind of involuntarily frown <laughs> when uh, I opened up... Okay, so David, basically, um, with Team Fortress 2... Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Did I complain about it to you before? Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen many people <laughs> complain about this. Yeah. Okay, so they introduced hats, and it's their way of doing my, microtransactions, basically, uh, Valve's method. And it works yeah. because they've gotten people to buy lots of hats and keys and all knickknacks. Um, but, you know, it rubs some people the wrong way, myself also slightly included, because the more of those hats you introduce in the game the more it like, loses the original style. Because you're getting kooky hats that have nothing to do with that like, time period that they establish in the game. Like It's kind of like, what, late 50s? That's, or that's 60s? 1968, I think it was. Yeah. 
and you got like people with like a Dr. Seuss hat and like uh, all these other like. Oh, granted, Dr. Seuss was around, but who who well, wears yeah. those Dr. Seuss? Was that Soldier? Yeah, Soldier it's was there, right? That's completely out of character. Yeah. You know, the the thing that I loved about, I mean, you play the developer commentary, and they were talking about how they wanted each class to have its own silhouette. Mm-hmm. You know, Scout Scout kind of like bends over when he's holding his when he has his shotgun out, and uh, you know, heavy like kind of stands up straight, and he's huge and bulky, and snipers. Thin and he stands up straight and he's got that really distinctive hat. It completely fucking ruins the the the, the feeling of the game. You know it, it it you know it doesn't only ruin like what what they were going for artistically. You know as far as like the classes go, the class design goes, it just completely ruins like the whole tone of the game. I think. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it, I mean, on on one level, it's still okay because it's all cartoony. Like it started cartoony and it's still cartoony. But in the overall style, you're right. Like it's not. Um, it's not really sticking to what was it uh, the name of the artist that that they used as the style like as is it, this, is it Rockwell it wasn't Rockwell no was it? uh I, I can't oh yeah what, what's I, don't, his, I can't his remember his name. name I can't remember exact name but either, it, you know it was a, a painter a artist from that time period and he had a very it was kind of Norman Rockwell style slightly well it kind of makes me think of like um, John Kay almost. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that uh, Chris Falusi, is that how you say his name? Oh, it kind of reminds me. Yeah, John Chris <laughs> Falusi kind of reminds me of his a little bit, and without all like the gore and Ren and Stimpy bullshit, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got that kitschy like sixty feels to it, sixties feel to it. Right. Oh, uh, which wait, is what I really. Uh, it's huh? Dean Cornwell and J.C. Uh, Lennon Decker. Lennon Decker, yes. That's, that's uh, not Ledenmeyer. I don't know. What the <laughs> <laughs> that's not a person yeah yeah um yeah i actually had it's embarrassing because i have a book of his in my bookcase so i should have just looked at it um yeah like he had a very neat like they used a lot of his color schemes so it feels like that same kind of almost watercolory soft you know approach right. to color and um yeah but yeah when they're introducing all these silly hats and weapons and stuff that weren't originally there some of them still were okay, like initially. Early on, they were okay. Yeah. Like, but now know, it's like the first one I think about is like Scout. Like you had like one of those flat caps that cab drivers in New York where it's just perfectly in tone with like right. you know some kid from the South Side of Boston, nineteen sixty eight. The Baker Boy hat. Yeah, the Baker Boy, which I actually have one. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at a certain point though, what they're doing now is whenever a game that Valve is interested in comes out, they usually have like a tie-in with TF two. Like, if you pre-order this game, we'll give you these items in, that you can use in TF2 that have to do with um, that game. Like, was it Shogun 2, Total War? Shogun that, did it last. Yeah, the they, they, introduced, they, had like a like, whole, they had like a whole series of items. It wasn't had, just a hat. They had Yeah, they had uh, like a katana and all this like Japanese flag kind of thing for Soldier, which like, well, it's a little, uh, I don't think you would use it, <laughs> but yeah. that's okay. Because he talked about... Um, Sun Tzu, like in his video, like whatever, dude. Oh, that's true. The art of war. <laughs> well, that's well. First off, he's Chinese. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they introduced a lot of stuff that uh, just the microtransaction in general just kind of rubs some people the wrong way. But getting back to Portal Two, uh, I noticed when I first opened up the co-op mode, um, they have that for the two little robot guys that you can control. Now, granted, they're not at least right now, as extensive, you can actually bring over certain hats from TF2 to use in Portal. Like, I got four of them that I could use, like a crown and a... 
some sniper cap. I can't remember what it was. Like Scout's crown, that 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 red or blue one. No, no, no. It's the Demo Man crown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah McTavish okay. or some kind. Yeah. of I forget what the hell it's called. Um, yeah, but it looks dumb on the robots, so I, I usually <laughs> don't because they're too tiny. For some reason, they scaled down the hats, so they're smaller. So it's I guess it's supposed to be funny, but it just looks kind of stupid. So I end up not doing it. But not just the hats. They have gestures that can be purchased that the characters can do, which is like just, really just you're going to charge one ninety nine. Like two dollars. Yeah, it's one ninety nine for gestures. You don't actually have to buy them because, as I've been finding, as you play, um, they let you uh, learn gestures. Like you beat the first level or two, all of a sudden you can do like high fives, or like you beat the next level, you can all of a sudden do like uh, Rochambeau, you know, rock paper scissors, yeah. whatever. So you don't actually have to buy any of these things. It just irks some people that the option is there. Although, to be fair, it's optional. So you could totally ignore that. It's not like they have in-game advertisements like some other like sports games do. <laughs> like you walk by um, an Aperture Science wall and it's just is, like a... I've heard a rumor that there, is, that there is a teaser in the game for a movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is this so, true? This is lame, but... I guess it's not so lame because, you know, it's in there free, whatever. Super 8, that J.J. Uh, Abrams movie. If you <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> you see the trailer? Yes. J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> okay. Regardless of how you feel about that, there's the interactive trailer for Super 8 in there. And I haven't played it because I actually thought it was just a trailer when I saw it on the list. So I'm like, I don't want to watch the trailer again in Portal. What's the point? Right. Um... It is a game, though, but it is a very, very short level. Like, if you saw any of the trailer, you know, there's a part where there's, like, a trailer car that's tipped over, and, like, um, the door from the inside, the wheel turns, and, like, it smashes open or something? Yeah. Yeah. So in the game, you're in the car before all that shit happens. And it's, like, you're, you can't really move. Like, you're, you're walking around. You can look at stuff, but you can't really interact with anything. You can't leave the car. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, shaking. And you're, like, oh, what the fuck is this? And then crash. And somehow you don't die in the crash, but, like, you find yourself outside with the wreckage. And it is kind of cool because, like, there's, it's a huge wreckage. And you can walk around and see stuff burning and stuff. But it's a little pointless because you can't do anything in it. So, of course, it leads you over to the tipped-over car that looks like the one in the trailer. And when you approach... Uh, a section of the train car, which is not actually the part with the door in the v in the video I saw. He actually went like to the side of the train car, which doesn't make sense. And then it triggered the uh, animation. The wheel blows off, and then like that's the end of the thing. Okay, so that sounds exciting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you had no clue what was going on, you'd be like, "What was the point of of that? Is that what happens in the movie? <laughs> like, is it? I don't know." I mean, even if I even if I had bought Portal by now, I wouldn't be going to see a J.J. Abrams movie. So, quite frankly, I don't see the point of like sticking these ads in games like this. But that's just me. I mean, it is a unique way to advertise it. I think maybe it's a little uh, it's it it falls on deaf ears because you know if you're playing a game like that, there's nothing in that trailer that makes you think or that made me think, oh, I need to see that movie. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a train crash, and right. it's open. It's, I feel like it's so out of character for Valve too. I mean, that's you know, it's just like the feeling I've gotten. There might have been a special deal. Who knows? Like some people, I, people obviously know been. Valve is you know big stuff. Valve has changed a lot in the past year and a half, and I don't quite know what to make out of it. 
Well, there's still some good things. Like, they're expanding, like, they're seeping into other things, which I actually view as a good thing, like how they're going to have Steam support on PS3, which is huge because PSN sucks. <laughs> it's, it sucks. I'm sorry. Like, it's hard to find things, and the connection sometimes is to download stuff takes forever. And so the fact that Valve wants to incorporate the Steam stuff in there, I think, is, is really positive, and it's probably going to make just my experience on PS3 a little less, uh, a little more painless. A little more video game-like? Yeah, something resembling a game. But, uh, <laughs> you know, PS3 has none, apparently. It's what I, that's what I hear that's, okay. from certain See, places. You, people can't use that joke anymore. Like, I know. the first two years or so, when there really weren't really any PS3 games, okay. <laughs> PS3 has no games. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But now, there's so many games. If somebody says that, everyone's going to look at them and say, like, dude... Welcome yeah. to welcome to 2005, noob. You know. I, I do have to admit that, and I, I mean, I say as an Xbox owner, I harbor no ill will toward PS3. I just like getting reaction out of people. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and it still happens too. Like if people didn't react, oh my god, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, I would stop saying it, but they keep they keep doing it. The thing is, like as I said, I know it's hard to do, but if you just ignored Valve and you were looking at Portal 2 by itself, it's a really solid game. Like you may have certain misgivings about Valve or their practices, or well, I mean, it's not even that i don't like valve i love valve i've been playing i've loved valve since their first game came out and just the way the company's turned in last year and a half what they've done with tf2 how they've kind of reacted to like their newfound popularity with portal is kind of grating on me a little bit and you know i'm i don't mind them turning to console gaming because i mean that's it's admitted that's where the money is nowadays yeah but to see them kind of you know solely themselves with just like you know catering to cons it's different it's different than like it's different when you like make a game for consoles and when you when you kind of cater to them and i feel like they're kind of turning toward catering them lately well i mean their games are still unless they really do something crazy with half-life 3 whenever that comes out and Um, i'm also mad about that (laughs) well okay that's separate they were they were doing that way before they even started seeping into consoles (laughs) they their valve time thing has existed i know but but first portal's been out for three and a half years now yeah and i've had we've heard jack shit about episode three except for like one piece of art of gordon freeman on the combine homeworld or something like that yeah and that was even still early on that was not uh, yeah but I don't know. I mean, there's still E3 coming up. They could yeah. drop some crazy hint bombshell thing. You're the one going, so yeah, I know. I'm gonna keep keeping my ears open for that. Really. But uh... yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on. Okay. All right. So uh, yes, Bioware. <laughs> Here's the other topic. But fortunately for for the listeners, I'm the only one in this group that's the big Bioware person, apparently. So yeah, explain a little bit about what you were saying earlier. Um, about what you wanted to say about this topic. Like, maybe introduce this a little bit for oh, us. Oh, uh, my love-hate relationship with Bioware. <laughs> it seems more like love lately. No, no, it's love, but it's also slight hate. <laughs> because... I mean, have you seen this, the new Dragon Age game? God damn. No, no, I, I played it. I beat Dragon <laughs> yeah. Age 2. But I actually have never played... Well, okay, that's not true, because I started trying to play the first one. But prior to playing Dragon Age 2, I'd never played the first one. But I played Mass Effect 1 and 2. I played Knights of the Old Republic. I was well-versed with their, their like, very story-heavy, dialogue-heavy R- action RPG style. So, um, Which is fine. Which yeah, I like. that's, that's it the can, good it's, thing. It's, it's, I, I, I like Mass Effect. Let me just say that first. But, yeah, go on. 
Yeah, but Dragon Age 2, and I'm not the only person to, to feel this way about this game, really did not fulfill me at all, it, like, 90% of the time <laughs> that I was playing it. Like, they did some stuff really wrong. Like, stuff that I haven't seen in games for, like, maybe 5 to 10 years. Like, the, the most uh, heinous thing that they did was... Uh, having only maybe a handful of, of dungeon maps, like, in the whole thing. Like, okay, you, you do a quest, you go into a zone, you're going to be in, like, essentially a dungeon scenario where you have to do something, you get to the end of the, the dungeon, and then you're done, and then you leave that, and you never come back to the area. But each one of those dungeon zones are almost identical. Like, I'll go into a generic, mossy, inside a mountain, you know, dungeon area, and I'll do a quest. I'm like, okay, spiders, whatever. And then, like, maybe an hour later, I have to go back to that, like, mountainous area and then do another quest. And the first time this happened, I looked inside. I'm like, oh, I, I can't go into this door. Why can't I go into this door? Hmm. And then the more I uh, progressed through the, the map, I was like, wait a minute. This is the fucking same map <laughs> that I just <laughs> did earlier. But they blocked off certain sections to make it progress differently for yeah. this quest. But it's the same map. Like... It looks the same, literally. So you're telling me, this, wasn't this supposed to be the same area? No, well, I mean, okay. is, is it just um, like, it's just like you were in a different part of the same dungeon you were earlier? It felt like it. It wasn't supposed to be. See, okay. Oh. But here's the other problem that Dragon Age 2 does. And I, I'm playing the first one now, just to, to compare. I'm only a couple hours in, so I'm not very far, far at all. But already, there's more fresh new areas in uh, Dragon Age 1 compared to the second one. And I've heard that it still gets slightly repetitive, but I haven't gotten to that part. Um, they, they just, I, I think, they definitely only spent, what, like a year, year and a half on the game. So that probably yeah. explains a lot of the complaints people have, like myself included, about like how everything, like I just mentioned, is really repetitive and, and overused, like reused. But um, they have no real story. <laughs> there's there's two major plot points that happens in the whole thing. It's not nearly as long as the first one. I beat it in like I don't know, maybe twenty five hours or something. Which for Jeez, that's a, it. That's for an RPG. It's ridiculous. You could you could waste more time and check every little barrel and every little chest and whatever, and maybe uh, add another I don't know ten hours or something to it. But I just played it straight through, and I I kind of played it vanilla style. You know, not being a total asshole and not being a a total goody two shoes, kind of like being an average person. Yeah. And picking the obvious romance option. <laughs> um, but <laughs> was it the, the gay one? Romance option? Well, okay. Was it the gay one? No. Well, I, I always play a girl in these games. Oh. Just because. Well, still, was it the gay one? <laughs> well, okay. Here's the funny part. Here's the funny part. You know, in the previous Bioware games, hey, wait, David, have you played? You played like Knights of the Old Republic, right? Huh? No, no, I've I've never played any Bioware game. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, jeez, you, worse than me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we we should help you with that at some point. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was I gonna say? The usually there's like the one gay option, either you know girl or guy, whatever, in a Bioware game for romance choice. But they okay. really expanded on it for Dragon Age Two. Well, the one thing they did expand on. Um, where almost all the characters go either way. So, like, there's two guys, there's two girls. Wait, is there two? Yes. Can't do it with the dwarf. I don't know why. <laughs> Dwarfs Maybe are off limits, like, apparently. Tossing comments or something like He's that. fucking hilarious, too. He's like the wise-ass of the group. So well, like, They always I, are. I mean, you've seen Lord of the Rings. You've read Lord of the Rings, I'm sure. Right, but he's, he's also, a, like, he's not the typical dwarf because he's, like, he has a clean shave. 
and he's not like really like ooga booga fight fight you know like he's very he's very much like a like a scoundrel type so he's very likable naturally so i was surprised like oh okay just don't do anything with him hmm, whatever um but all the all the guys can be gay or straight uh same with the girls and um there's one guy in particular anders that like even if I was a girl, I'd still feel like maybe he's just gay. Like he's just a little too. <laughs> he feels more inclined. Like if they had maybe changed it, where only some people could be the guy option, like the the, the gay guy option. Like maybe he would be the one, and Fenris, the elf guy, wouldn't, because Fenris seems more like mm, I'm tough and I. Strange for an elf. Yeah, right? They switched it, basically. <laughs> You'd usually expect the elf to be kind of like, hoo-hoo. Although in, the, in Dragon Age 1, the elf was gay. And, and the, the human male was straight. Like, he, he didn't go either way. But, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so the good thing about Bioware games is the dialogue. And that's the only thing I liked about Dragon Age 2. The well, I've, heard, I've heard comments about what one of the writers said. About you know one of the one, it was a David a, Gator. No, it was a woman. Oh no! And she said something to the extent of that they wanted, they wanted their game to be, to appeal. I don't know if it was this woman or the the guy you mentioned who wanted it to be wanted it to appeal to uh, the Call of Duty crowd. That's 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 a comment I've heard. Oh, for like action based elements? Or? I guess, but I thought it was one of the writers. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so. gameplay wise, it is a lot more flashy and like action packed compared to the first one. Because I'm playing the first one and it reminds me a lot of like you know, like almost wow style because it's got the macros and you like press this to engage the enemy. I am hitting the enemy. <laughs> I am still hitting the enemy. <laughs> but like in Dragon Age 2, you can press this and like if you're a rogue, it does a fucking flip and a slice and like all this like like it just looks a lot more engaging. So that would make sense for the Call of Duty crowd cuz they have ADD. So <laughs> and you know personally. I do too. <laughs> I'm totally honest about that. Um but yeah, so it, it's more fun, and the animations, oh my god. I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm an animator that I notice it more or something, but the ones in Dragon Age 1 are horrendous. You get these little, like, lip flap things that aren't That's really... That's always been Bioware's weak point, I think. Right, but Dragon Age 2, maybe because there's less dialogue overall than the first one, whatever, it, it, it has way better face animation. Like, way better. Like, it actually kind of looks like they're mouthing those words. Does it use the same engine? I don't know. Some things would almost make me think that that it's a different engine. Like it, it some things seem smoother, and other things seem exactly the same. Like they mm. probably did use the same engine. Real yeah, stuff. I wonder if they just buckled down. Maybe they maybe they need hired better animators. They should have hired you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would take that. Although I think yeah. they're uh, where are they located at Irvine or something? I know they branched out. There's probably a bunch of different locations for them now. Um, but yeah, so the dialogue is really the only saving grace of the game. Not the story, which is unusual, because usually they're pretty good with story. The story is very, like, lackluster. And it doesn't feel epic at all the way the first one does. But maybe that's the point. Like, Mass Effect 1, you played, right? Yes. And it's big epic, like, oh my god, the Reapers. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It was, like, it was like sci-fi's return to form. It was like I was playing something that... You know, like if Star Trek had a high, had a high budget, it's what Mass Effect would have been, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
But uh, and the second one, they purposely wanted to make it feel more intimate, right? Because you're doing all this stuff based off of like almost over half of it is the loyalty quest stuff, really. Like yeah, it's just just lame. It's I lame, it. but it's interesting because it makes you focus on them more, whereas you didn't in the first one. So, like, there's good and bad things about it. I what I thought was really engaging about Mass Effect was the universe itself more than the characters, really. At least, you know, and I understand that the characters can, you know, like, especially with a game like Mass Effect where you have, like, alien races and everything where everything would just, you know, the, 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 the aliens would reflect the, you know, their their culture and things like that, which was really the interesting part because mm-hmm. it has a really extensive backstory. And I love that about it. You don't see many games like that anymore. Yeah, that's one thing that Bioware does do exceptionally well. Say what you will about, like, the actual story, but they know how to make fleshed-out backgrounds for characters. Like, unfortunately, the stuff they do while you're playing as the characters may not end up being so crazy, but, like, they they have a believable, like, set of cultures. And, And, like, when you talk to a character when they talk about stuff that their culture does, like, it feels like, oh, okay, I could see, uh, like, an alien race or whatever actually, you know, doing those things that they do. So yeah, they got good exactly. writers, for sure. But um, They can have good writers. I think it's, yeah. it's more to point. <laughs> but, like I was saying with Dragon Age, like, the dialogue's good, although, oh, my God, somebody, I think whoever writes the romance dialogue, please try to make it more realistic. If <laughs> I'm sure they're not listening to this podcast but that's Maybe they my, will at a later time. Someday. Um, yeah. When because, we get famous, of course. Because all the, all the, the you know, because they have the little wheel-o options, you know, to talk. Like, you could say either the nice thing, the bad thing, or, like, the goofy thing in the middle. The, the LOL so random. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually funny. Sometimes it's... Mm. Um, but whenever you have to pick, like, the romance option, there's so many times where it's, like, really cheesy. And it's like, I've built up this character usually a wise-ass character that says stuff a certain way. But now I have to pick the option that's like, well, I wouldn't mind if you snuggled up next to me. Kind of like, like what? Like, I don't want to say it, though. Can I be a little more subtle? Like, I would attempt to be in real life. Like, well, it's, it's, you know, this problem that a lot of video game writing has is that, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's like the they have this notion that gamers are impatient. They just want to, like, you know, they have the subtlety of, like, a jackhammer to the face. <laughs> but... You know, I think that they kind of need to tone that stuff down. Because, I mean, I understand, like, what, not wanting the game to move at a snail's pace, but, you know, having stuff like that. I mean, I don't like romance subplots like that anyway to begin with. But, I mean, it's just it's just no subtlety at all. There's some characters they do it well with, and there's other ones, like, that's the obvious romance choice, usually. That's the cheesiest one. Like, um, like I was saying, Anders in Dragon Age 2. Like, he's the, uh, he's the one that slightly hits on you when you meet him. Like, it's pretty clear, like, dude, he wants you. He wants you bad. He wants <laughs> Whether... to bed you and take off all your clothes. Yeah, so he has, like, the cheesiest options. Then you get Fenris, who kind of reminds me of, like, like a Garrus type of character, basically, in terms of, like, your dialogue with him. Because you're kind of working around uh, getting to, you know, getting to the point eventually of saying like you want to do stuff with him but being a little bit more subtle but there's still those moments just like with Garrus where like you have to smack him over the head saying like ooh let's try some uh, what is it oh you never played as a girl right uh, no not in, not in any Bioware games for Garrus like if you're playing as a girl he gets to a point where he's talking about like uh, when he was on this uh, Turian ship he um had to let off some steam against this uh, 
this fellow soldier that was always like besting him. And of course the soldier's <laughs> a, a female. So he uses the analogy of like wrestling because they have some kind of grappling thing they would do on the ship. And he says at one point like, well, she had reach and I had flexibility or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's the kind of like you, of course, your only option after that to really engage him is something like, well, let's try that sometime in, in on the Normandy. You know, like, well, can wow. I do I really have to say that? Can I just say something else like, uh, but, you know, it, it's a game. So sometimes yeah. they kind of simplify that for everybody's benefit. But, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just used to... I just wish that, you know, video games would kind of transcend themselves and get, you know, be, try to be more legitimate. I mean, there are some games that are legitimate, you know. I don't, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, harp on Ebert too much, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think they have that capability. They're not there yet. They have that capability. Right. Well, but, you know, they, they try. Stuff like that that holds it back. I think, I think that that you know, like these these kind of contrived romance subplots are just kind of you know, yeah. <laughs> well, at least for the most part, they they are technically optional. But you do kind of feel like, especially if you're like an achievement whore, like I <laughs> I usually am, like have to make sure I do everything correctly the first time. Um, you feel compelled to be in a relationship, usually with one of the characters, if you can, you know, like you usually don't pass it up just because you know it's a game. And you have that mentality, mentality like, I need to do everything in the game. <laughs> yeah. Where in real life, you might not. You might pass up that chance just because, you know, it's not right for me at this time. But in the game, there is no this time, that time. It's like right now you have to do whatever that mission is. David's quiet. I think because he hasn't played Bioware games. Let's, let's, let's talk about Sonic. Okay. <laughs> He'll have a lot to say. Yeah, well, I, I can talk about a lot about Sonic, too. Okay, so basically... <laughs> Uh, they announced uh, Sonic Generations yeah. last week, I think, initially. It was on so. Friday, I think. Because I saw it, I was, I was, again, I was on Facebook and not paying attention to class, so <laughs> <laughs> I think they posted it on like, Thursday or Friday, because I saw it just a minute or two after that after Sega released the uh, teaser video. Yeah, but they had a picture, right? They started with just a picture. It started right? with a photo, yeah. Yeah, it started with a photo. It started with a photo. <laughs> I mean, this... This topic really, I mean, it's the nice thing about this is that there's, I mean, it we're it's like to talk about Sonic Generations, you kind of have to also talk about the fact that this is the 20th anniversary of Sonic, mm-hmm. and and it it kind of begs the the uh, a retrospective of like, okay, well, how we arrived at this game, kind of, you know, um, <laughs> how we but, dug ourselves a, into this hole. What a journey it's been. <laughs> uh yeah the the uh i think you i mean iggy you were the one that sent me the first uh oh the image thing i'm the enabler and, and i think the uh i think what i had said we, you know we had a conversation about it and i think that was one of the you know like i you know we we can save this for you know in we can get into this in just a a, a short bit but um I think the Sonic games for the past decade, maybe, um, if if we were to caricature kind of, if like Sega was in a room, you know, and Sonic Team, and there was like a big crowd of like a hundred fans, you know, mm-hmm. like any given hundred fans, that this is kind of the the uh, announcement and the reaction, and it's sort of like <laughs> Sonic Team comes out slash Sega, 
and they go, hey, everybody, guess what? Like, <laughs> it's Sonic the Hedgehog. And everybody goes, yes. Okay. And then they go, and? And everyone goes, shit. <laughs> like, like, brace it's yourself. Been, it's been like this, this down, the downfall on the most part, I would say, has been, the, it's the combination of Sonic plus something that makes it uh, so terrible, you know? <laughs> and, and like there's been very few instances where it's worked very well you know sonic and, rush uh, and it's no, sonic I, I disagree but go oh, on man, i completely agree i think <laughs> sonic rush is the is the try is the absolute triumph of the last decade of sonic games and it's, yeah. it's well i mean also relatively speaking compared to the other games you know like it, it's the one that that's, that's like that's like saying that a, that a pool of piss is better than a pile of shit no <laughs> no i totally disagree I, I think i think like sonic rush was was a game that was like a huge breath of fresh air in the way and partially yes in the wake of a, you know like several terrible playstation 2 sonic games that had come out and where they were getting further away from Sonic Adventure and down the path more of like shadow and this kind mm-hmm. of <laughs> like a headshot every given, you know, a pair of guns basically. Yeah. And, Why does a black hedgehog have guns, huh? What's, doesn't even going? fucking matter. <laughs> Seriously, who gives it's, a it's shit? Racist. It's racist. It's <laughs> racist. When when Sonic, I mean, when Sonic Rush came out, and and maybe maybe before we even get into that, we could back up and and kind of talk about kind of what may have been the 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 hinge or the tipping point of the downfall of the Sonic series. Cause like 3d though, 3d. Well, that's the thing is that, so, you know, like, I mean, it, it kind of go, I mean, I should have said at the beginning of this podcast that I'm in, in this trio of gamers, my, <laughs> my expertise definitely falls in the retro world, <laughs> but, um, that's fine. Well, it's wrong with that. Me too. It's I mean, not obvious already, but, <laughs> But I mean, I think everybody, uh, you know, ubiquitously in the kind of in the in the in the Sonic fan base, can remember, or at least at least for me, like when I was growing up, and there was you know the the first three Sonic games, and there was like the beginnings of 3D games, you know, and like they they were like, oh my god, you know, like this you can like what you know you can <laughs> out in a 3D world that's fucking awesome yeah. and. And I remember, like, immediately as a gamer, like, being like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Sonic to be in 3D. Like, that's going to be crazy awesome. And, you know, there was all those, like, you know, this was, like, when the Sega Saturn was, like, out. Yeah. And all those images of what was supposed to be the the first 3D Sonic game. Was it the fighting game? No, no, not even that. What was was it called? I I think I know what you're talking about. I can't what they were even calling it it was just kind of like in this super duper alpha mode you know like uh and there was just screenshots basically that i was reading like back when you know like gaming magazines was we're still know, around like, we didn't have the this is the days before the internet, before the internet. and uh, <laughs> exactly and and i remember seeing it and and i think the great irony of it is is that um the first images that i saw was virtually kind of a green hill zone in 3d and I was like, oh, sick. It, we're going to, there's like brown checkerboard, you know, surfaces with sweet looking palm trees. And we're going to be able to run through that. And there's rings and it's great. 
and the fact that like we kind of haven't had a successful version of that until what see, what actually seems to be Sonic Generations now is going to have something that's maybe the closest we've ever gotten to that. Mm-hmm. But but I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, you know what? And you know, I had, Iggy, I had mentioned to you that there's I have a coworker at work who's oh the big like, Sonic fan. Yeah, he maybe even maybe bigger than I am even. <laughs> and <laughs> shit. And, he, he was trying to tell me we because him and I had kind of this conversation uh, yesterday, and he was he was saying that uh, when Sonic Adventure came out on Dreamcast, that he still kind of con- considers that to be like the maybe the first and last successful 3D Sonic game, mm-hmm. and the original and, Sonic Adventure, you mean? Yeah, exactly, and like not DX or the director's cut or anything like that, but but the original and. Um, and he was like, yeah, that one was great, you know, and he says, like, it encompassed everything that he was expecting from a 3D Sonic game, which, which is, you know, like, uh, like a zone, you know, zones laid out like zones should be laid out, large, you know, multi-platform scale worlds, and above all things, speed, you know, like, and, uh, and then, like, from there, it was kind of like, you know, and I was thinking about this earlier today when I was thinking like oh later i'm gonna have to talk about this that (laughs) that you know my first thing when i think about like well how how have they gone so wrong and my first thing that i think of is like well maybe they ran out ran out of ideas you know and maybe they were like well you know maybe in order to make sonic interesting we need to pair it up pair him up with something else you know Mm -hmm. it's like like, how they did with tails yeah, but Tails but, worked, but yeah, but Tails was great, and Sonic and Knuckles even was pretty great. Yeah, uh, but you know, like it's kind of like lest we forget the you know Knuckles chaotics on the thirty two. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like I, I heard like some gamers really liked this, but I, I for one like absolutely hated this whole like weird bungee cord. You know, you have to have two people kind of working in tandem to get through areas. Uh huh. You know, not like Sonic and Tails, where it was kind of like, well, you can kind of independently do what you're doing, and you'll still get through. But, um, but yeah, so it's kind of almost like they tried it there, and they're like, oh, well, this doesn't really work. But then they, you know, they've tried this kind of pairing again on the, you know, on on uh, the th- in the 3D realm, and it's not really working so well. But, uh, but so I guess uh, before I get too off topic, it's kind of like, so Sonic unsuccessfully doing it. But, um, you know, you think about the, the great, you know, the big N and it's, and their, uh, their version of this, it's like, how was son, how was like Mario able to transfer so easily into 3d and super successfully and have continually, you know, continuously new games in 3d and each one is basically a mega hit and Sonic just like the complete opposite and like absolute crap each game. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Well, it, it seems like they, they latched on a little, like, the, the whole speed element was initially, like, Sonic's big key to, you know, winning that, that mascot war. Well, okay, didn't really win it, but, like, was a strong competitor. Yeah. But, like, Mario always had a very strong platforming foundation, like, quality platforming. Right. And so, like, as, you know, N64 Mario came out and GameCube and, like, Wii and all that stuff, like, they just built on top of that strong foundation so it was always solid gameplay. But with right. Sonic, they got a little confused or something because they're like, well, people, they didn't think people liked Sonic necessarily for the platforming. They think they kept thinking they liked it for speed. 
Yeah. So it's like, how can we do another one of these speed tubes where you can't actually control it? You just watch yeah. him speeding around, and then after like two minutes, then you can control him again yeah. in this like mediocre platforming thing. Like their their um, <laughs> priorities, I think, shifted the wrong way. Because it's they, they, also they, platforming. Yeah, it, it was. That was the. I mean, the the. You know, I liked I liked Mario too. It just so happened that when I was a kid, I had a Genesis, so I had Sonic. Yeah. And I mean, I liked. What I liked about Sonic was I always preferred Sonic over Mario. I liked them both. <laughs> it's right. So I don't want to want to be called a fanboy or anything here because I mean I'm anything but a fanboy of Sonic since about 1997. Right. But um, anyway, you know what I really liked about Sonic it was Mario, but faster. It felt a little. It was a. It was a different challenge to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know I think that Sonic Team or Sega somebody along the way completely misconstrued what the fans wanted you know you were see you're saying it yourself i liked it for the platforming there were some awesome platforming parts in the first three sonic games i mean what what made it different from mario is that mario was kind of like a more more a little more linear like there weren't different paths you could take as far as i know and i've played a lot of mario games there weren't that many different paths to take that was what was awesome about sonic too like there were maybe three or four different different paths through a, a a stage through each stage. I yeah, mean, like, like if you went like fast enough, then you get like super high up, and then there's yeah, that, you get like super high, high up. Area of you know, there's there was that element of exploration to it too. You'd find all sorts of crazy shit, like some you know, like some power up. You know, you get that electric shield that pulled rings towards you and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But you I mean it, it? They they completely missed the point. They thought that you know we wanted we just want them to run fast down a tube where yeah. it's basically a scripted event. I don't and know who I, added the the whole Sonic talking thing to that. Kind oh of, no! Yeah. If I want to hear Sonic crap. talking, I want to hear Steve Urkel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just that, but like even when we you saw the video with classic Sonic and yeah. modern Sonic, like and Sonic when they're running, he just has to make fucking noises and things. Like even when he's running, like yeah, let's go fast, Stupid. you know, like. Stupid. He always, like, they added all these personality elements that actually made him me dislike him more. Like, yeah. he seems to have just, kind of an he's attitude. Just now. He's just lame. He always had attitude. But no, he's no, just no, but he's like, a, he's like, before, he had an attitude of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm tough and I'm, I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do. When he didn't talk. Now, yeah. when he does talk, it's like as if you feel like he's calling people like, oh, you loser, you're too slow. I'm, I'm being a little douche with my, my speed sneakers. Eh, you know, like. <laughs> Just, especially well, in Smash Brothers, he's a big douche. But um, yeah, it just his he's exuding this persona that turned a lot of people off. Yeah, and he never yeah, had that when he was the cute little fat, you know, ha, yeah. version. That's why yeah. people are so excited about classic. It's like we can really play a two D Sonic that just looks normal and doesn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, even now, even now, like what it's twelve years after Sonic Adventures come out, uh-huh. and they still don't get what the fans want so i don't know if there's like some some other vocal minority or vocal majority that i just don't hear but hmm. they are missing the point because all, all the all the people that i talk to don't have hated sonic since 1999 or maybe 2000 when the second sonic adventure came out and they introduced all the bullshit mary sue crap like shadow of the hedgehog and all those all those other fucking friends that nobody <laughs> but a bunch of people they, in debbie and give a shit about they also had him like fall in love with like a girl and some other stuff <laughs> 
it's like what was what? it amy because i mean amy's been in no I, no I, no no I, no. I can, I can understand amy a little bit because she was in sonic amy, cd it's amy like the only sense. saving grace amy makes sense because she's a hedgehog there's one of the the maybe it's the one that's just called sonic the hedgehog for the 360 that oh the one with the actual human person yeah with the girl was and the there's like hey, there's like something that. is there something going on between sonic and this girl <laughs> what Bunch the of fuck but was there <laughs> there's like either maybe she liked him or something like i saw a couple cutscenes. i didn't i didn't play the game i tried it it was enough for me um <laughs> but yeah it's like you get really uncomfortable watching like why are you doing like the anime thing and having them smoosh together like oh we're unrequited or like uh, you know, we can never be together, but there's obviously something there. And it's like, oh, I'm getting grossed out. Stop. Were there a bunch of, like, anime? I mean, I've played Sonic recently, the old Sonic games recently. Yeah. And right. Is there, like, some anime influence I was missing out on? Because it was just, like, a, a whiplash change. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, no. Sonic I is mean, Sonic is, like, it's... If you, if you look at the ending bits that were drawn, like, okay, they were kind of drawn slightly anime, you know, like, for Sonic right. 2 or whatever. But that's not really, I mean... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's like saying that, you know, Chrono Trigger, you know, just because it was designed by Akira Toriyama. Right. It's just like, you know, it's just the style they draw in. But that's not what I mean. I mean, what I mean is, is that they have all these, you know, contrived, you know, stereotypical oh. anime plots full of, like, just tropes out the ass. Well, I think that might be it's more... like everything that I hate about anime in a video game but that might be more of like a cultural thing like if you look at a lot of japanese games like they have to work pretty hard to kind of drop that that anime cliche thing because that seems like kind of a natural uh little uh, emergency net or safety net kind of thing that they like to use like there's always going to be a dude that has like amnesia or there's going to be a girl that's like acting like she doesn't like you but then she really likes you and then uh you know like against tsundere yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But they, they love falling back on that stuff. Just like, I, I'm not saying Western developers don't have cliches too, because, oh my God, there's there's some of those. But um, Big, muscly, brr, 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 Yeah, we like to one. say shit all the time. Brr, you know, like, <laughs> Jeez. like, oh God, come on, guys. Can we try something different? But regardless, with Sonic, it, like what you were saying, it really does feel like Sega is grasping at straws. Like they they are trying to figure out what people want, but they honest to God don't know because they made Sonic 4. Which, which was a step in a tiny baby step in the right direction. But it shows yeah. they're desperate to recapture that group. Because yeah, they're like, yeah. hey, you you want Sonic? We we can make Sonic. Don't don't leave us. We can we can make it 2D. Well, the, we can make it. I've I've played that. And it, it, oh my god. The fit and the biggest problem people think that Sonic is about speed. I think it's about the physics. Because well, when you yeah. played the fourth game, oh my it, God. Had, it had, it had, it had, it they they took the right step with the with the way it looked, but they completely dropped the ball in the physics. It, it had nothing really to terrible. do. I yeah, thought I just something felt, was wrong with my controller, actually. Yeah, it's completely different than the <laughs> way they like, played the Genesis ones, and that was the best or, thing. I mean, like you know, when you let go of the controller, when you let go on of the of the yeah. of the direction on Sonic Four. He stops. You Have they never heard of momentum before? This is like a force. This is yeah. like a fundamental force in the universe. Yeah. They've never heard of it before. Yeah. And they, they also added that like extra jump thing, which I think just should have been left out. Right. It makes things way too it's, fucking it's easy. It's a relic from the 3D because, you know, you know, directing oh. Sonic in 3D oh, the, was such a pain the, in the ass. So they added the homing stuff. Yeah, yeah the, the homing thing. thing. Homing but I mean, like, if they really are trying to return to like, here is the game that's supposed to come right after 3 Right. And take that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, yeah, like, you you think, when you think about these, uh, the, the classic Sonic games versus what's happening now, 
and and the story thing is you know i think i i mean i've i was telling you earlier g i i probably own about five sonic games right now that i've yet to finish <laughs> and and each one of the ones that i own with with the exception of maybe one of them um all have yeah like a like a almost unnecessarily heavy story half and mm-hmm. when i think about sonic one and two and maybe three um like i really just don't care what the story is. I just want to run Sonic through some really cool stages. Right. And like it, I'm not. I don't need to to think about like what exactly is that. Like in the second game, you know, like when I when you start Sonic Two, there's no like 15 minute video that he's pre- just there. He's just in. Well, it was just. It was whatever. a different time. We have to understand. It was a different time. No, no. But see, that's the thing. Like uh, along the way, some people got the misunderstanding that like games have to have story they don't have to i mean but the 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 downside is if you don't have story that means you have to make your gameplay that much better to compensate right which they're not doing like they're thinking oh we can make a reminiscent style of gameplay that's close enough to what we think sonic should be and then fill in the gaps with this silly story where he falls in love with a a human girl what a fucking (laughs) joke I was, we need to I execute whoever thought that up seriously. <laughs> I recently went back to play some of the some of the old Sonic games and and even some of the Master System Sonic games. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to compare like this kind of kind of like what uh, uh, Colin, what you were saying um, just a, a little while ago about kind of the design of these stages and how there's the, I can c- kind of classify them into like three different versions. And the like the in the three D one I think is the one obviously that misses out the most. But in in the first like three classic games, there's that fantastic kind of multi vertical stack version of the stages, you know. And yeah. like you can be playing them on kind of top level, mid or bottom level. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then like there's like the Master System games, which which I would think the I think the first two really are actually super kick-ass Sonic games, and like even the like the first Master System one like has some crazy stuff that no other I've seen no other Sonic game do, which is you know which is some really brilliant like there's some there's one whole section of the game where the, all the stages are kind of the like each zone is kind of vertically stacked, like it's almost like a straight platform game, and. Um, which is like super cool. I mean, it's just it's not like it doesn't hold up for multiple stages, but like it's it's definitely different and really entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like yeah, like the 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 situation with these three D games is that you're almost they're almost like track games, you know, like like on rails, you know, where yeah. it's like you have one path you can follow, and yeah, and there's very like little. It's it's almost it's almost like the Sonic games now every stage is a special stage you know what i mean where it's yeah. like you it's it's you on a preset path collecting lots of rings and jumping on things you know yeah, well, the, the, like the, that the, trailer that the trailer for generations is a perfect perfect example of that because classic sonic you see him just playing the level as normal with a couple like special loops and stuff and they switch to modern sonic and like over half of his clip is like him going, you know, through some fucking tunnel. It's like doing some loops and like yeah, stuff that turns looks like you have shit. barely any. Yeah. You don't have any if you know tiny bit of control over. Yep. Well, the, yeah. Well, the problem I have with the recent games is that I know that they, the the level designers have changed, and so like 
you know, it's just like areas where you, you're running at full speed, then they just drop like one of those robots right in the middle of the pad just so you can <laughs> run into them. Or it's like, right. you, you know, you get moving really fast and all of a sudden there's just this big empty pit. No ramp to go over it. No ramp to like, you know, shoot over it like, like you know, Sonic would actually do. <laughs> but it just, it's just like an area for him to fall down. Like it's just a trap. There's a difference yeah. between like, you know, having a challenging level design and just out and out bullshit. And it is, <laughs> and that is just the second one. <laughs> and they, they, you know, that's kind of where they dropped the ball on that too. I mean, yeah. there were certainly death traps. I mean, in Sonic Two, Mystic Cave Zone, Act Two. I remember <laughs> it exactly. You fall in that spike pit. Yeah. And you die. If you're Super Sonic, you had to sit there and oh. wait until your ass runs out of rings. <laughs> wait until the rings run out. I yes. think that happened to everybody at least once. Oh my god. It's me the... still when I play it. I'll pull out my yeah. Genesis sometime this summer. I can guarantee you. And yeah. I'll fall in that pit and die. <laughs> that fucking pit. But not waiting for seventy-five rings to run out. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This, <laughs> I, I hate to, you know, like, uh, you know, I know that you disagree with this, but this is, I think, the reason why Sonic Rush is such a success is because I feel like it's one of the only games in the Sonic lexicon recently that has returned successfully back to kind of like what the Sonic Two level designs were, which was this like extraordinarily vertical, you know, designed stages that that in which you move extraordinarily fast and there's still exploration, you know. And they were kind enough to keep the 3D aspects to, for the boss stages, basically. And I felt like it worked, like, super perfectly, where the stages themselves felt super amazingly classic. And, and can, huge. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Like, gigantic stages with very challenging things in them and, like, lots of varied gameplay. And, um, you know, and there was like that bizarro kind of rush meter. I didn't quite understand what was going on. Yeah, that's where it kind of like, I wish they didn't have that. Like you would have to fall, uh, fall through like a hoop or something. Oh, and then it would charge it. up your meter and then you would go and it would create this like teleport that would open up or something like you this. Can safely say it's possible to beat the game without using it because I never learned how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I used it a couple times, but isn't that the only way to get the Chaos Emeralds? Oh, right. So that's right. You would get onto these, like, swinging platforms. Yeah. And then that you would, you know, go swing back and forth, and you would use the rush meter, and you would spin like crazy on these things, and it would tell you, yeah, it would teleport you into the to the emerald, emerald zone. zone. Yeah. Emerald zone. Yeah. Emerald stage. Yeah. But, yeah, I do like how even maybe just the first level or two, like, you could tell, wow, I'm going really high up. I wonder what the hell is down below. Like, it would actually make you want to replay the level. Absolutely. Just to see, like, if I took the extreme oh, yeah. lowest path, what would happen? Yeah. It's the only Sonic game that I've played in the past ten years that I've been compelled to play several times. Mm -hmm. You know, everything else kind of shitty. I I should take kind you know, of kind of <laughs> kind of shitty. Well, there's one game in particular that I mean, I sh I don't want to spend any time really talking about it, but <laughs> I, it has to be mentioned for just how insanely wrong it was to make this game. Sonic Spinball. And, it's, no, Sonic, I like Sonic, Sonic is fine. I think. I think it's kind of bizarre, but yeah. I think, but have you have you seen the game, or did you ever see the game, or did anybody see the game? Uh, the Sonic and the Secret Rings. Oh, this was, yes. this was on the Wii. It's, I've heard of the name, and usually, well, if, if it's anything Sonic related within the past ten years, I completely tune it out. It's, it's terrible. But, it's a it's a yeah. rails on rails Sonic. Uh, it's on rails, and like. I feel like the only thing I need to say about it, which will immediately highlight the why this game is terrible, or 
not why this game is terrible, but a, a big indication that the game is just completely backward design. Any game where you need to collect power-ups to make Sonic move quickly, <laughs> and I don't just mean move at super speed, I mean move at regular Sonic speed, that means that you are designing a Sonic game incorrectly. <laughs> It's like taking a regular person and saying, hey, if you collect these gems, you can actually run fast like Sonic, basically. Like, does yeah. he run normal, like, uh, no. slow like, normally? At least like, he runs normal, normal hedgehog waddling speed. I mean, yeah, he, pick he, up run, he moves extraordinarily slowly. That and, sucks. And I was like, what is going on with this game? Like, it, every single stage. And then finally, I was like, okay, it was one of those Sonic games where I was kind of like, doggedly kind of oh if i just hope for it maybe it'll get better and like i so i played through like the whole first you know world basically and by the time i got to the second one yeah i started to realize oh like i can i can purchase power-ups that basically make me run at a normal speed and i'm like no like okay that's kind of it it was like a simultaneous feeling of love not love but just like Oh, now I have a reason to play the game, but I now hate the game so much <laughs> for realizing that it's making me do this. So, yeah, yeah. That so yeah, that one. I mean, must go down in history as probably one of the worst Sonic games ever thought up. It's pretty bad. Even I the think... Wii support sucks on it too, though, right? Like they kept yeah. saying, like, "Hey, it's awesome because you can shake the Wii remote and like basically go in the direction." Sonic gimmicky goes. crap! God damn yeah. it! The only place that gimmicky crap ever worked is Super Mario Galaxy. Absolutely. Which is yeah, one of the best yeah, games of the past, not if yeah. not five years, of ten years, I'd I mean, say. I think you might have nailed it, Iggy, when you said, I mean, it, you kind of directly just answered the question I asked myself earlier this earlier this morning, which was just like, why is Mario successful in 3D? Why is Sonic not? And I think that's the thing, is that because Sonic has that aspect of speed, that kind of like when it comes to 3D, it's just like what do you do? And Mario was never about speed, and it was and it was and especially in games like Mario World, it was more about the you know platforming and a little bit of puzzle aspect, you know, mm -hmm. trying to discover things. And and as you know, N64 one it got even bigger in that direction. And by the time you got to Mario Galaxy, it's it's pretty intense in terms of kind of deciphering you know this is why you can play the same world six times and you have to to collect the different stars you know? <laughs> yeah there's stars. so much things to discover and sonic is not an an explore and find game you know especially in 3d it's just like a get to the end as fast as possible kind of situation well, I, I i think we should make a brief list if you know if somebody at sega happens to be listening to us <laughs> i mean we're very important we should make we should just like make a short list right now of what they need to do to fix Sonic. <laughs> ah, let's see here. Take out those extra fucking like. Well, that's that's been done already. That, that, movements. Oh, that I thought they were going to say take out the extra characters, which yeah. Well, <laughs> which, take out they, that. Which they've solved. Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, get that, rid of the extra. Characters. You know what the game? The all, all the game needs: Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Robotnik, and, and calm nobody can fucking talk. Robotnik. Nobody, nobody can talk, talk. Please. <laughs> and, if, and if Sonic talks, you need Steve Urkel's voice. No, 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 no. Not even that. No chili dogs, no yeah. Urkel, yeah. no, no nothing. Half him silent, mute. Hedgehogs yeah. don't talk. All right, silent. what's point two? What's point two? I say minimize the story. 
Yeah, have no story. What's the point? Yeah. Well, there, there, there was a, there, there was a tiny, tiny little story okay. in the first three games. You know, what was it? Sonic saves his friends. There you go. That's right. it. That, that's, that's all fun. you need. <laughs> have somebody cha- that you're chasing after, like Knuckles, that has the emeralds. That's all you yeah. need. Like, all you need is that base motiva- motivation for getting to the end of the level. That's it. Yeah, certainly. Is there I a mean, Son- three, I mean, not Sonic. Uh, Mario's like that. Yeah. It's really yeah. no story. Like, they'll be talking at weird random parts, but, like, you could ignore that if you wanted. Save yeah. it the princess. Who the hell really gives a shit about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, people like Yahtzee, like, jump over all over Mario for having a story that basic. I'm like, why are you even paying attention to the story, man? Yeah, why bother? You, know, you don't play a Mario game for the story. This is not, like, some deep, compelling you know, film I'm watching here where yeah. there's constant drama and yeah. Bowser is Bowser is actually tortured as a young young turtle <laughs> Koopa, whatever the hell he is, you know. Sonic is trying to break into the Metal Gear business. <laughs> like, <laughs> super compelling story. Oh God. Can you imagine just... if that had if Sonic had that long of cutscenes? I, I yeah. think it would just that would just be the end. Like nobody would ever go back to Sonic again. I think I'd, <laughs> I'd go blow up Sega. I'd go to Japan and blow up Sega. Yeah. Well, what, what, what about point three? What would you say point three would be? Um, I mean, the thing I is have an idea, but I don't want to. Okay, go for it. I'd say, you know, they had a good thing going with Sonic 4. You know, mm-hmm. they need to kind of return to the original character. Design. That's what Sonic 4 should uh, That's what number four should be. Momentum. Like, yeah. Bring back if, momentum. Yeah, the old physics. Yeah. Don't don't break the physics, please. Like, don't <laughs> Just, stop him on a dime. We know he's yeah. awesome and he can go fast, but he should still react to that. He shouldn't yeah. be like super powered and able to stop like instantaneously. It's not not how yeah. it should work. It feels uncomfortable. It actually feels uncomfortable to play the game. <laughs> well, he also his jumps also feel wrong to me, at least in yeah. Sonic Four. It feels like I don't know, too heavy or something, like yeah. or too float. It's one or the other. It's been a while since I played it. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel the correct amount of floatiness that the the previous ones had. It's not like a Halo jump or anything, is it? You I know, think it actually like, is too floaty, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You, you have, little... You're wearing like three tons of armor, and you float about ten yeah. seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's super. It's a super even jump it's almost i mean the thing is is that it's almost like the entire physics engine is based on on just someone who who like you know wrote it in like a like 10 minutes because it's it misses like everything that was so rudimentary and and the jump is is included in that did you uh you played uh before it got shut down that sonic 2 fan remix oh i didn't play it now okay so was there a working version? Yeah, yeah, there was a demo at a certain point. Oh. I still have it somewhere. Holy cow. Um, so basically, this guy made a demo of, well, like a reimagined uh, Emerald Hill Zone, I guess it was. Right, yeah. Uh, although the music was like chemical plants. Or like the music was wrong, whatever. Right. But it was in 3D. Backgrounds are in 3D. They even had like that little whale that's in like Sonic Adventure. Oh, like yeah. going through the background at one point. Like it looked great. Man. And when I played it, the the physics felt a lot like Sonic 2. And I was like, what why can't why can't Sega just make this? Like it's clear from somebody that's that's doing it mostly by himself that he yeah. can nail the physics. Right. So why with them and an entire team can they not like yeah. handle simple jumping and running? Yeah, I think it's mass not. retardation. Well it's it's not retardation, <laughs> it's clearly, like the again it's like they're they're not <laughs> catching what they need to catch like they they think uh this other stuff is what they need to focus on when right. really it's the most obvious stuff they have to focus on 
Yeah. Like, not so, flash, but substance. Yeah. So, so strange. How were they able, again, like, I hate to keep coming back to Sonic Rush, but that character was a, that was a 3D Sonic in a 2D background. Mm-hmm. And like, well, it also was a different team, from what I remember. Oh, really? It wasn't uh, Sonic okay. Team. It was like. It was Dimps, didn't they make Yeah, Dimps. Was it Dimps? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Which is the people who made the level designs I don't really like. But, I mean, I can yeah, Rush was a positive, mostly, step. but It felt more faithful to, like, yeah. how Sonic used to feel. Absolutely. Yeah. And anything from Sonic Team, like, I'm assuming, I, I, I have to assume that the original people from Sonic Team just aren't in that team anymore. Right. Because Yuji I can't... Naka quit a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, he's way gone. But I'm assuming yeah. anybody that was connected to the Genesis games probably is not in that team anymore, which would easily explain why Sonic Team now makes worse Sonic games than people not in Sonic Team. Yeah. Like, it just the, bothers me. The strange my thing is, is that Sonic is old enough now that you would think that it's the people that were fans of the game growing up that are now the ones that are developing the game. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that they would know better and just be like, well, I remember how this used to feel. It should feel like this, you know? Well, I also kind of wonder if maybe they don't... Like, it would suck if that team didn't have full control over what they wanted to do to do with the game. Because realistically, like, even when I was working on games, like, you know, at work, there'd be people that are like, man, it'd be so awesome if we could do this or this or that. But ultimately, like, if you're under a publisher or some, like, bigger name, they end up having the power to push you into certain directions. Like, we think, you know, the public is going to want this, and big explosions and, and oh, this right. and that. And yeah. so the team, I, I'm trying to give them a little credit, possibly. Like, the team might have at some point said, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. But maybe Sega as a whole was saying, no, we know what's best. You right. need to change this. Yeah, trying sure. to be fair. Because, like, when I think about it, like, I can't really smash the developers because there may be things we, we don't see that, you know, decisions they wanted to make, but they couldn't. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, and, it's, not like, it's not like that they've had a really positively received game in a long time. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm wondering who they're listening to. But that might mean that publishers or whoever that's not connected to making the game might be looking at other games and thinking like, well, they're doing stuff right. Just copy them. Whereas, you know, like in Sonic, that might not be the best idea. Well, it's like saying the producer knows what to tell a director. <laughs> it's no, that's, just that's, stuff yeah. like that. That's it's exactly, exactly the same. Producers can't direct. <laughs> that's why yeah, they're producing. <laughs> So uh, I think that's enough Sonic for today. Otherwise, we're going to create like a full epic. I, I could talk for days and days about oh, that. Oh, I'm sure you guys, both of you can, <laughs> for sure. Um, but one last topic I think that's worth mentioning, it's a recent one, is the Wii 2 and the rumors about that. Um, I think just this past week, Nintendo, I don't think they've actually made an official statement yet. Nah. But no, not that I've heard. all over the place about right. E2. And supposedly that it will be announced either before E3 or at E3, which I will be paying a lot of attention if I see it at E3. Stand in a five-hour line again. Oh, forget <laughs> that. Okay, you yeah. Stand in a five-hour line line? We, uh, we uh, were at, was it the 2005? Yeah, 2005 E3. E3. And the line just to play the Wii was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Like, but uh, so worth it. was new. At the time, it was worth it. I was playing yeah. Red Steel, and I was like, this game sucks, but it's, it's motion control. It's I awesome. mean, the nice, the nice thing about that, it was kind of almost like a, uh, a club. because Not like a, you know, a club club, but I mean more like a dance club situation where it was almost like if you waited a billion hours to get, to get in, in, 
you you could stay in as long as you wanted and it was and the floor that they had made in there was large enough it was that you could actually visit every station if you wanted to there was like you know after you waited in the super long queue there was like several queues inside like right Remember? Ones. yeah and there was all these little stations that were set up it was brilliant and then there was like that one main kind of station where people were like showcasing things yeah like zelda what was it i think well they at the when we went in there there was they were showcasing um like the music game and uh like they had those two guys demonstrating with uh, two right Evo. the one they that were... nobody ended up actually playing yeah like <laughs> it's so strange like i remember seeing that and then you know we we got Wii's, and i yeah. was kind of like, wait a minute wasn't there a game where you like that should have come with the Wii? Like, there's yeah. no way anyone would buy that. The was it Wii Music, right? Yeah, Wii Music. There's no way anyone would buy that separately because all you're doing is like waving your hands to like little knees that are yeah. doing like chip tune sounding things. Well, there was that, and then there was additionally like you could there was like a drum set utility that you could play in it, which was kind of rad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was kind of like I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, and they went nowhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it showed off the I thought the sophistication of what it was capable of doing. Mm-hmm. But then, but then, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, well, where the hell is it? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it disappeared. It did. Indeed, it did. Yeah. But so the what Wii about the Wii too? Yes. Yeah, so. There's very little. There's like no. There's no information really from what I've been reading. Like everybody's just guessing at this point. At, I mean, it's going to be hard. Point, what are you saying? Uh, so at this point, there's been rumors, right, where like, and this might be the most shocking rumor coming from a company like Nintendo from, you know, based on its history of consoles. Like, there, there's basically this rumor of like, the hardware is supposed to just blow away <laughs> everything. It's supposed to be like way better than like a PS3. It's good. Seriously? I, I find that very hard to believe because as I was telling David uh, before, because we were talking about this the other day, um, it's been a very long time since D- Nintendo's made a console that's come even close to like beating another. And the last one I can think of is maybe the Super NES. Like Absolutely. usually their consoles are be- behind other ones in terms of like hardware yeah. specs. Yeah. So if they it's almost re- <laughs> it's almost been like the charming aspect of the Nintendo <laughs> consoles. It's like it's like ah, oh, that's cute. Like they oh, tried, almost they like tried so hard to make a sweet looking hardware, you know. But uh, but the games are better than any other system. Yeah. So like maybe when you grow up, you'll be an adult <laughs> system. You'll have big <laughs> graphics. Like I mean, it's 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 consistent, and the thing is, is that. You can't fault them for it because their games just, you know, just crush everyone else. You know, uh, like, they're they're first party games. They're oh, oh yeah, like, they have oh, so yeah. much other of the three systems. You want to play Imagine Babies? Yeah, the, the most <laughs> shovelware I've ever seen, even more like than the DS. Which is I, I can't disagree with that. Oh god. And, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, the 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 N sixty four had like such a kick butt like library of party games that you could play you know oh, yeah like you it was you know if you went over to someone's place like in college and they had a n64 it was like oh dude like well you're guaranteed to that it's going to be a good time you know and i and i always like to think that this is like the ultimate slam dunk triumph for nintendo when when like the nintendo ds came out 
and it was kind of like, oh, interesting. It's got touchscreen, and the graphics are kind of like okay, you know. Um, they can like kind of handle like N64 style stuff, and it's like, dude, when the PSP comes out, oh, Nintendo's just gonna get crushed. And the PSP comes out, and it doesn't, you know, it's not like the PSP sucks. Yeah. Like, man, the Nintendo DS just smeared it, you know. It's like, <laughs> dude, so it's a many very people. strange choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> you got so smeared. You got oh smeared, man. No, just like it, it's true. Like I remember thinking, like, holy cow! Like Nintendo just must be like partying like crazy right now. The fact that like it's now ten months out from the release of the PSP, and they're just destroying the PSP in terms well, of sales. You know, they know how to do the gimmick. Definitely. Like so many other systems had this like some kind of gimmick to them that right. everybody latched onto immediately. Like yeah. the DS, it was a little touch screen. The yeah. Wii was a motion control. Uh, yeah. N64 was fucking weird control. A <laughs> <laughs> controller the that you never, nobody knew how to properly hold. Was that thing called the thing that shook the controller? No, but I mean, like, they all had something. Like, even the Super NES, like, it, it had the Mode 7 graphics. And, you know, like... They all had something. Yeah, to but, latch but the on. Genesis had blast processing. Well, no, no. See, that that wasn't a real thing. <laughs> so that's how that's how that's, Genesis got screwed. They they made up oh blast processing, blast aka process. yeah, aka Sonic games that are fast. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what blast. Let's we'll start talking about Sonic again. No, 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 no. Okay, the Wii too. So uh, I don't know how which, they're gonna which, make it. Which, which Sonic will probably be on? <laughs> yeah, it's on everything now. Um, but I don't know what, what the Wii tool will really be. I mean, what are they going to do? Like four Game Cubes taped together? I mean, there's two, so, you know, twice that. Uh, twice. So, the, I mean, I guess my first my first question is, is like, um, about the Wii 2 is like, you know, piggybacking on what you just finished saying, is the Wii 2 going to have some sort of additional element to it that will be you know kind of like how the Wii introduced kind of like the most sophisticated at the time kind of motion sense you know motion sensing hardware you know and oh. but now since then there's been things like the the PlayStation, the PlayStation Move and Connect is is the Wii 2 going to respond to this or is it going to stick with what it's already good at you know they they're probably going to have to have some form of that because it's not like you can go backwards at this point. Right. But, I mean, we're, we're fast approaching. And this is something I've been hearing a lot of people kind of afraid of. Okay. Like, we're not used to hitting, like, a wall with technology. Right. But we're fast approaching a point where what's left to innovate? We actually have motion-sensing things now, like a camera that senses. Granted, it's not that great, but right. it's established. Oh, yeah. So how far can you really go from this point? All you can really do is like spruce up the hardware, really. I mean, yeah. you get better graphics up to a point. Yeah. But like, what what do you do past that point? Yeah, I mean, so I'm one, I'm wondering if like when we finally hit that graphics wall, that you know, story will finally become like the selling point <laughs> in games, which would be yeah, nice. When it, when it's nice... easy, when it's easy. Yeah, for when it's easy, when it's easy to like not have to give a shit about you know, you know all these these blooming brown graphics you know it's so realistic and all that shit you know when we finally get past that point it will finally start to focus on story again well, <laughs> yeah again well i, I mean, think but, i mean they're paralleling they're, play again they're paralleling say. movies though because it's like 
you get the, some of the movies that will always focus more on the visuals and have like almost no substance. Right. And then you get the little indie films or whatever that are all substance but look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that will so. always exist, regardless of whatever hardware wall we hit. Like I could, just, I could I could bring up some when you say that indie games all look like shit when and then that's kind of like a selling point I think but I think we'll save that for a later discussion. <laughs> that's a whole nother uh, topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it'll be interesting to see what the Wii 2 ends up being, and I hope it's not actually called the Wii 2 because right. that's very. Well, PlayStation like, 2 is successful, right? Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of getting tired of, of just adding... They need to think of a name here, guys. I mean, come on. You mean you're paying these marketing guys like a bazillion dollars a year and uh, you can't even think of a good name? I mean, was it like we with four eyes? Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's like, maybe instead of we, it's going to be poo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that was funny. Number two. Number two. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so we'll... Uh, I guess I'm the only one. You can't go to E3, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to report back. Whenever E3 actually happens, you're gonna fly me like 1,500 miles. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a uh, in the name of game special E3 edition. The, yes, oh, definitely. Oh great! Up, then I'll just sit with my hands on my ass. <laughs> 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 I'll like nice. record myself at the convention where you can like nice. barely hear me going like, "Oh my god, look at that! Oh my god, look at this! It's so you awesome!" You guys can't see this, but you if can't. you could see it, it looks like this. I wish you could be here. <laughs> yeah, but that, that'll be for another time. So next week, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. Uh, we'll get do. some elements about Telltale games that I can't wait to discuss. But uh, we've, we've talked quite a bit today, so I think <laughs> that's appropriate. If we if if our audience is still with us, thank you <laughs> I for listening. Not. I mean, our... I would if I if I was the audience, I wouldn't be still with us. Well, you got like a very small attention span. Excuse <laughs> made me. It, <laughs> would have made it through the uh, through the introductions and then uh, signed out by then. <laughs> like, who are these clowns? All right, <laughs> shutting down this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very okay. good. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have a lot more interesting stuff to talk about. Bye. So, yeah, bye. Later. So long. Later. Later.